Our sponsors, Bison Beer, are back in the game after opening their beach bar down at Sea Lanes. Located between the Palace Pier and Marina, it's the perfect place for a socially distanced pint of beer beside the seaside. Join them for some laid-back celebrations in a deck chair. Now Brighton can pretty much relax in the Premier League. And let them know you're fans of football, the Albion and me for 10% off your drinks. This is Football, the Albion and me with Richard Newman. Hello, welcome to Football, the Albion and me, Extra Time. I'm Richard Newman. This is the first of these mini podcasts or podlets, I guess, which I'll bring you from time to time if there are big talking points around the Albion. And there certainly is one this week with the signing of England international Adam Lallana on a free transfer after leaving Premier League champions Liverpool. A three-year contract for the midfielder signed a day after Albion finished with the highest Premier League points total. So to get an insight on what this will mean for the club, I've been speaking once again to Lallana's former teammate at Southampton, Dean Hammond, our guest from episode 12 of the main podcast. You can catch up on that, of course, at your leisure. But for now, we concentrated on the big news. Dean, thanks for coming back on. You played with Adam Lallana for, I guess, around four years. What sort of player have Brighton got their hands on? Um, well, it's a fant- one. It's a fantastic signing for the club. Um, like you said, I played with Adam for um, um, a long period of time, and he's a first of all, he's a fantastic person. Um, and as a player, I mean, I, I'm going to put it out there. He's probably the best player I played with in my career. Um, technically, he's fantastic. Um, his awareness is good. Um, he's got the experience now and the know-how of winning things at the top, top level. You know, he's been at Liverpool and they've won the Premier League, the Champions League, many, many trophies. So he's got that experience now. Um, but he's just an excellent professional as well. He works really, really hard. He's very, very dedicated on his game. Um, and just, you know, he's so creative. He's so intelligent in his, um, in the way he plays football, can play off both feet, can play in different positions. So. I don't know how Brighton have done it, if I'm honest, but it's a fantastic signing and um, credit to the club um, for pulling a sign off like this. And, um, you know, Adam coming back down to the South Coast, he's, 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 I think he's a, he was born in Bournemouth. So that's um, maybe it had a factor that maybe he's working his way back towards um, home. But what a player. No, I mean, the fans will really, really love and enjoy watching him play because he's, he's such a talent. Yeah, like you say, you picked him in your um, ultimate five-a-side team when you were on um, a couple of uh, months ago. You still listen to that podcast, of course. Um, but yeah, he's called it a perfect match. So what do you think has sold him? Um, Bright- what's, what, what is it about Brighton that's, that's sold it to, to him? Because like you say, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a surprise given the other clubs that are rumoured to be interested in him and then coming from you know, the Premier League champions. Well, I think he, Adams, if you, his initial interviews, he, he spoke about the manager. He spoke about working with the manager. So that's, um, you know, that's, that's good that um, they've obviously had a lot of discussions. Uh, I would assume that maybe these discussions have been going on for a few weeks or maybe even months um, in terms of they've sold the club to him. Brighton is a, is a club, a forward-thinking club. It's a club that's on the up. It's a club that um, is ambitious. It's a club that... Um, it's quite visionary in terms of what they would like to do. So Adam, I would assume, is brought into that. And uh, he's, he's, Adam will be nothing but ambitious. He'll want to continue 
playing at a good level of football in the Premier League. He'll want to play with good players. He'll want to win games because that is how he's, he's moulded. He's a winner. And that's why he was successful at Liverpool. Um, so I would suggest um, the way Brighton play helps as well. The philosophy of the football. Um, they're very um, progressive football, um, progressive possession, play in the right manner. And that will really, really suit Adam. Where he's going to play? Would he play as a 10? Would he play wide? Would he play as a central midfielder as he's getting older? I don't know, but he can play in a number of positions, like I said before. So I would have, I would have thought the manager has sold the club to him and um, you know he's going to play in front of some passionate fans in a lovely stadium, a fantastic training ground. So, I mean, what's not to like? So, um, But again, I say it's a brilliant signing for Brighton. You say he's a great guy. He's clearly a leader. He was captain after you at Southampton, what does he add off the pitch, which is going to be really beneficial to those younger Brighton players? Jurgen Klopp has been incredibly complimentary about his influence uh, around the training ground. Well, Adam's very approachable. He's very, very approachable, very, very sociable. He'll, he'll speak to everyone. He'll want to help everyone. Um, but I always felt Adam led by example. So um, in more of his performances, in a way, he'll conduct himself around the training ground. He'll be one of the hardest working players in training. He'll set the standards and he won't let other people not... Um, he won't let other people's standards drop within training. Put it that way. If, if someone's slacking off or not pulling their weight, he'll let them know. He's quite vocal in that respect in terms of he'll want people to, to work hard alongside him. So um, he leads by example in his performances on the pitch and off the pitch and he's um, he's very, very professional and he's a dedicated, dedicated footballer. Um, he, he loves his trade. He loves, one of the things about Adam, he loves football. He loves playing football. And he, it, whether it's training, whether it's a kickabout with younger kids, whether it's on a, on a match day, he loves playing a game. So I wouldn't say he is, there's going to be no Churchill um, speeches from him in the dressing room, but he'll set the standard and he'll, um, he'll, the way he'll play the game um, people will follow him. Mm. I mean, it's only four years ago that he was England's player of the year. And you'd have to say that, you know, if he gets back somewhere near his best form, his England days might not be behind him. But the only question mark from outside is maybe his fitness, maybe struggled over with injuries the last few seasons. But I guess maybe not so much this year. It's just the Liverpool team are so good. I mean, at 32, would you have any concerns at where his, sort of where his level's at? No, I wouldn't have any concerns about Adam just because of the fact that he's an intelligent football now and, and you know, knowledge comes with experience. So whatever injuries he's had in the past, which all footballers have, um, whatever injuries had, like you say, he's not been injured that much this year. He's just not been able to get into the team because Liverpool have been playing so well. So, And Jurgen Klopp spoke, spoke so highly of him. Um, I don't think he'll have any major injuries and he'll be a player that... Adam's a player that if he plays regularly, it sounds funny, he'll get in, there may be issues within his body, the conditioning might be right. But if he's playing week in and week out consistently, he'll just continue playing. Um, he'll, he, he'll understand now how to manage his body. Um, he'll understand himself more as he's got older and more experienced. So personally, I have no, no concerns, no worries over that. He's like every footballer. You have spells during your career where you pick up injuries. But... When you have them injuries and you recover, you learn more. So maybe you'll just have to adapt a little bit in how he plays and maybe how he trains because 
he is, like I say, one of the hardest working trainers and he plays at such a tempo and such a pace. Whatever he does, whether it's a key ball session, a finishing session, a game, a small-sided game, he'll be full out. So maybe that just needs to be brought down a little bit. But concerns over his body and the amount of games he'll play for Brighton, no, nothing at all. We've talked about his ambition. What's it say about Brighton's ambition? Because there seems to be a, a clear project and I'm not, exact, not necessarily sure exactly what it is, but the people that matter um, do seem to have a very good idea of the direction they want to go towards um, bringing promising young players through from the academy, um, signing players like Chelsea, like Tariq Lamptey from Chelsea, for example, bringing through, giving those opportunities to players at you know, so-called bigger clubs but they maybe wouldn't get their, their chance. What do you think the, the, the plan is? Well, I think you're right in what you say. There's a project at the football club and there's been a project for a number of years and they're doing it, they're doing it very, very sensibly. They've, they've built a brand new stadium. They've built a brand new training ground. They're in the Premier League now. They're, uh, you know, they're a consistent team in the Premier League. It's always difficult in the Premier League because it's, every team in the Premier League, can invest in the money, is associated as a big football club, wants to progress. So, you know, I think Brighton are doing it in the right manner by bringing younger players through. And that's why they've probably given, chosen the manager they have, because he will do that. He'll give younger players an opportunity. He plays in the right manner. So I would assume now throughout the football club, from the academy through to the youth team to the 23s, they all play a similar way. So when the younger players come into the team, they're comfortable and they know what the philosophy of the club is. And now they're starting to invest a little bit of money in that. And, and Adam comes into that trade that he can pass that on to the younger players. So he will make players around him better. Um, what's the next step for Brighton? Um, a top 10 finish? Is that possible? You know, of course it is. Do they need a, a couple of additions to the squad? Yes, possibly. Um, would it be nice to have another cut run? Yes, but staying in the Premier League for a, not a club like Brighton, by bye, but probably 10, 15 teams is a success anyway. Um, but I would say probably the next, the next step for Brighton is to probably try and break into that top 10 um, and not be around the relegation battle. And signing players like Adam Lallana um, is only going to help that. Yeah, uh, just quickly on your, your views on Graham Potter's first season in charge. I mean, Brighton actually finished in the end with their highest Premier League points tally after you know struggling pre-lockdown. Um, so so what, how's, how have you sort of seen it change? I mean, a very different style of play than, than under Chris Hutton. Um, what would be your sort of uh, end of season report? What would you give it out of 10? Well, it's always, it's always interesting because, you know, Potter's come in and he's changed the brand of football and it's very, very entertaining now. You watch Brighton and especially I watched a lot of Brighton earlier in the season and the possession they had and the amount of football, the football they had was brilliant. I remember watching some games and seeing, you know, it was fantastic to watch from back to front. They were playing through the thirds, people getting on the half turn, playing forward, trying to be progressive, trying to attack. So that's... You know, that's difficult to do when you've been playing in a different style. Um, obviously, every club is reliant on how many goals you can score. You know, that's the top teams, Man City, Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea. They're at the top because they score the most goals. And that's always the hard bit, the finishing off bit, the final bit is the hardest bit. And that's why strikers get paid so much, so much money. But in terms of the manager, I think he's done very, very well. They've had a successful season. They've got a good amount of points. Um, they've not, it's not come to the last day, whatever, in a relegation battle. Um, so they finished the season um, not comfortably, but 
comfortably happy, if that makes sense. Um, so I think it's a good season. And, and now he's set his foundations. He's set his own standards. He's going to get a chance to bring his, some more of his own players in, to stamp of authority on, to have another pre-season, which is always vital for a manager, um, even though it'd be a shorter period because of the lockdown. Um, but I think, you know, has he achieved what he would have wanted to? Yes. Has he achieved what the club would have wanted him to, to in terms of staying in the Premier League, but playing a more attractive style of football? Then he's achieved that. So I think, you know, could you seven, eight out of ten for, for, for what the club, for what where Brighton is at this stage and the, the project that they're, they're talking about? So I think it's been a very solid season with a lot of progression. Mm. Um, you've been doing some media work during this weird period of football so I'm interested to get your views on you know lockdown football how have you found it I was skeptical at start I must admit <laughs> I was thinking empty stadiums how is it going to affect the players what condition are the players going to be in um, what was the temper the game's going to be like um, but I'm going to be honest, I've been really, really surprised. I think the first couple of games were, was how we would have all expected it. The tempo was a little bit slower because they were kind of like the end of, end of pre-season games where you just the players are still finding their feet and still finding their fitness. Um, but the you know, last, what did everyone come back? Did they, everyone play eight, nine games, I think, since they came back? So mm. I would say the last six games have been brilliant, really, really insane. And the credit's got to go to the players, to the club, to the Premier League. Um, it's been a, a really, really good standard because the fans bring so much to a game. The, mm. brand, the fans bring so much energy and so much motivation to a player that I was worried that the games are just going to be really slow, walking pace, like practice games. Um, and the fans have been missed. The atmosphere has been missed. It's not been the same when a player scored, how they celebrated. That's been a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, the quality of play and the, the, the speed of the play has still been as good. So that's been surprising. I've quite enjoyed it. It's been different. <laughs> yeah. and I, it'd, be nice to, it'd be nice to get back into the stadiums with an atmosphere. But it's actually been, it's actually been quite good. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm interested to, just to pick you up on that point, actually, about... Um, the motivation levels because we don't know what's actually going to happen but hopefully there will be fans back in the stadiums by october and there'll be reduced capacities obviously but as we're talking there's all kinds of things going on around europe and you just don't know what's going to happen in a couple of months time so as someone who's played at the highest level i'm quite interested to know what you sort of think the motivation would be like for, to play without fans next season because these last few months has been a bit of a means to an end finish the season yeah. this is the best case scenario but if it continues would that start to have an impact on that quality? In all honesty, I think it probably would. I think, like you said, everyone knew there was a point where you would play for six to eight games, eight games without the fans. So it was a means to an end, like you say. You just kind of dealt with it. That was a scenario. Let's get on with it. Let's make it the best we can. And you've got to remember, it was towards the end of the season. So everyone's playing for something. It's the, the best part of the season. Everyone's involved, whether it's relegation, Champions League, trying to win the, the, the title. So there's always something on a game. So that brings its own energy and its own motivation. Will it be different at the start of the season when, you know, you've got so many games to play for? Will the tempo drop again? Um, Will the quality be as good? I just hope that if everyone can get back to stadiums in a healthy manner and it's safe for everyone, 
the sooner the fans come back, the better. Because it, that's one thing I think it's shown that how important the fans are to football um, and how much players, if you ask them now, would love the fans back into the stadiums. There'd probably be one or two that actually probably go where it's been quite nice because I feel a little bit more relaxed. I feel a little bit more comfortable because I haven't got the pressure of the fans. But I think the majority of a vote would be, no, I'd love to have the fans back because they do just bring that energy. You know, when you... The perfect, the prime example, when a player scores, the celebrations are just not the same. It's just, it's, the reaction's not the same. The fan, the player goes to celebrate and then kind of realise, well, who am I celebrating with? There's no one, there's, no, there's not that emotion. So um, I think the quality could drop just because it's the beginning of the season. And I wouldn't like to see it continue um, too long. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be in the Amex actually the day that, Brighton beat Arsenal and Neil Morpé scored that final, uh, the goal in the final minutes or final seconds of stoppage time and ran to the corner of the North Stands um, and North and West Stands just as out of habit. And there was just no one there. And it was a beautiful sunny day. You just thought this place would be buzzing afterwards for hours. Um, Finally, Dean, just about yourself. Last time we spoke, it was April. Um, We talked about how, you know, you'd be open to a possible comeback. Any change? Um, uh, no change. I think the word possible come back is right. Um, I've been enjoying the media work I've been doing, which has been good. Uh, but I've been keeping myself very, very fit um, through, I've got my own fitness platform now, um, which is Dean Hammond Elite Fitness, um, which, have, which has kept me in really, really good shape. So physically, I think I could play. Um, and I'm in talks with Worthing and, and Adam Hinchwood that's, that's been going on for a while. But I haven't made a decision yet. There's no guaranteed decision. It's kind of, I'm trying to figure out what I want for, for my future, really. Um, and I've had, you know, I enjoyed a fantastic career. I was very, very fortunate, very, very lucky to play for some great clubs and with great players. So, you know, if I go back and play now, that I'm just kind of counting down the clock, if that makes sense. So um, is it better for me to start a new career now and, and start at the beginning and, and build my way up? So, um, but I do have that that itch I mm. think to, yeah. to, to maybe come back so we'll see I've probably not answered your question but <laughs> we'll see uh, yeah just keeping us on the edge of our seats um, and, but, and finally I mean the, the fitness business looks to be going really well um, it's quite good actually if you just tell us what, where you're going with that but also the fact that you know people can be taking part in, in live workouts with you in the morning sometimes yeah so there's live workouts like I said on, on my Instagram page with Dean Hammond Elite Fitness, um, they're there three, four times a week. Um, and fitness has always been a big part of my life. I love fitness, um, I love exercise, and I think it's a, um, it benefits everyone. It can really, really help everyone. During my life or my career, let's say I've had some, like we all do, I've had some challenges and potential struggles. Um, and exercise and fitness has always helped me through them, um, has always given me the mindset and put me in a um, a state where I can then think clearer. So I think exercise and fitness can really benefit people in that um, that way. Um, and I'm looking to to build a platform um, for people to visit, to people to communicate on, um, to people to share, to, to build a bit of a community where people can discuss things, but based around exercise. So that's my passion now. That's my dream, um, and I'm working on that at the moment. Um, and you know, I love exercise, I love fitness, and I think there's so much benefit in it for everyone. Um, so I, I like to share that. Cool. 
Sounds great. Dean, thanks so much for coming back on. Really appreciate it. And make sure you check out Dean Hammond Elite Fitness. Google that and you'll find all the social media accounts. Uh, this is the first Football, the Albion and Me Extra Time. You can catch up with all our previous guests, including Dean, in our back catalogue of the main podcast. All podcasts are designed so that you can listen to whenever you like. Please do share on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And thanks for listening.